Set your phasers to sexy Welcome to another episode of True North Nerds! Yay! Yay! Hello! Woo. This week, we're going to take a look at WandaVision. Yay! Yay! Yes! We're three episodes in now. Yep. Uh, and we're also going to talk about the news, but before we get into that, Kevin is here. Hello! And Jen is here. Hi! And Ryan is here. Yes, I am. Wide awake, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. And Ryan has the news. <laughs> yes, I have the news. Not a lot of good news in this news this week. Here we go. Well, here's some news. Uh, apparently, remember how there was the talk of the Justice League Snyder Cut was going to be four one-hour episodes? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Zack Snyder has apparently, uh, in an interview or on a Twitter interview or one of these somewhere, he has come out and said, no, it is going to come out as one long movie. Okay. The more Zack Snyder talks about Zack Snyder's Justice League, the less I want to watch it. <laughs> I've kind of got to agree with Kevin. Like, I'm curious, but it's, I, I kind of hope just like, dude, just keep your mouth shut for a while. Hmm. I don't mind when he talks about the, the time and things like that. It's more so when he just starts talking about how I would never use anything that somebody else used. I'm using all my own stuff or, you know, and poo-pooing over on, on everything else. Yeah. But it sounds like the people that replaced him poo-pooed all over his stuff. So mm. take it for what it is, right? Mm. Uh, moving on from that. Oh, so they were talking with Alan Tudyk. And mm-hmm. apparently he said he is not going to be appearing in the first season of Cassian. Or Andor, had, or whatever it's called. The Disney Plus series. It's probably mm. a little while before K2SO shows up, isn't it? Well, we never really didn't say how long they've been together. But uh, that's pretty much the way he made it sound like if the, you know, if the series continues on, he will they, you know, he expects to make an appearance eventually. So let's throw a caveat into it that it is a Star Wars project, yep. and until he is told otherwise, whether he is in the show or not this season, Alan Tudyk is not going to say shit. Yeah, because he's a good boy and knows how to play the game. Yeah. And he's busy with that with that Dr. Alien show, Resident Alien, which right. looks hilarious. That doesn't mean that he's he is in it. It just means no, exactly. he's not not in it. Yeah. <laughs> he's not not in it. Well, he's like not you, saying he's in it right now. We have seen this time and time again from so many people. Like if he turns out not to be in it, like okay, but if he turns out to be in it, nobody should be surprised. Oh okay. yeah. No. I'll just put this out there right now. I am not in the next Spider-Man movie, I swear. I'm not really? in it. <laughs> I'm not in it. I told you. Stop hounding me. I don't think. I, I, don't, I don't think, think it, it works I don't if think you, just you say saying it. that you're not in it when you're not in it, Ryan, is going to make you in it. 
Well, yeah. then I'm not in the next Star Wars movie. Have that, that one's been a little more realistic. I'm not in that either. Yep. Because they're still filming Spider-Man, <laughs> and I can't that. cross the border right now. That's why I'm not in Spider-Man. Oops. Good try. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, okay, so we've got some other take-it-for-what-it's-worth reports. Uh, THR is reporting that Ethan Hawke has joined the cast of uh, Moon Knight. And he's going to be playing the villain. But they don't know. They didn't say wh- what villain. But he's going to be the villain in Moon Knight. Yeah, I don't know all that much about Moon Knight. So I don't know who the villain could be. Yeah, I know I nothing thought, about I him. thought Moon Knight mostly was about Egyptian gods and stuff like that. Um, It depends on which version of it. They're, like He starts off as sort of like a government conspiracy thing. And then right. he does have like a couple mainstay villains that like there's one in particular I don't see him being because just because it's the the, the character is so not Ethan Hawke that like they, they there'd be a casting out cry because it's a right. it's a black shirt for one yeah um who I could see him as is I can't remember what the character's name but um Moon Knight's brother kind of becomes an evil Moon Knight for a bit. Is he anti Moon Knight? Is he Sun Knight? Sunday? Sunday. The ice cream villain. Uh, oh, okay. We have an interesting crossover happening in uh, comic books coming soon. Um, there's going to be a Ruby and Justice League crossover. Ooh. So Ruby is that uh, American anime series made by Rooster Teeth, right? And while well, we know mm-hmm. who the Justice League are. So it sounds like we're going to be meeting the... So the world they live in is called Remnant. So we're going to meet the Remnant versions of Diana Prince, Bruce Wayne, and Clark Kent. So it's hmm. not like the DC Universe is crossing over with the Rooster Teeth Ruby Universe. It's just these characters are going to be existing in their universe, I guess, somehow. And so they've shown some designs for them already. And they're pretty interesting. It looks like um, Batman is, or Bruce is going to be one of the uh, the half-animal, like the, the, I don't remember what the characters uh, are called, but they've got like animal tendencies or like, you know, they have ears, you know, animal ears or tails or something like that. Because it looks like he has like bat ears. Oh, his hair is, instead of a, and he's got like a scarf to cover up his part of his face instead of like a cowl and uh, the designs look interesting so it'll be interesting to see what they do with it hmm. now that they're all under the same umbrella of the uh, AT and T Overlord right so they've been, the Rooster Teeth has been doing a lot of DC uh, crossover stuff they did uh, a bunch of merch for their Achieve line they had a bunch of Batman stuff and with the anniversary of Batman. And Detective Comics, they did some stuff. Uh, they've done a lot of um, interesting gameplay videos, too. They did a video where they played Werewolf by Night, I think it was, was the, the card game, with the cast of Wonder Woman. Hmm. So, uh, and all through, the, the, obviously it was all online, like through uh, Zoom or Skype or something. But uh, they've been doing a lot of interesting... Uh, crossovers with uh, the, the, the companies we got some movie news uh before we get to all the movies that have been pushed back we got a movie that's been pushed up Ooh. godzilla versus kong 
It's going to be hitting theaters March 26th. Well, theaters and HBO Max. uh, March 26th. That's cool. And the trailer, by the time this comes out, the trailer will be online. Uh, For us, it's going to be coming out this uh, Sunday, the 24th, uh, with the conference championship football games. So... Mm. So apparently the the slight backstory with this is Legendary and Warner Brothers have decided to uh, work out a financial deal where uh, Legendary is no longer pissed off at them. Yeah. (laughs) Legendary still like the big part of their ownership of it is they retained the rights for its Asian distribution. And movies like Godzilla and, you know, uh, Kong Island they they make pretty good money overseas in the kaiju market there. And mm. uh, this movie, from what I've read, um, cost at least $200 million. And, uh, you know, they, so it needs, you know, it needs to make its money back somewhere. Uh, there was at one point a deal being worked with Netflix to purchase it for something like $300 million And... Uh, and Warner Brothers stepped in and stopped it. So yeah, Legendary yeah is expectedly you know, wants to make their money back on the on the movie so they can continue the fran- making the franchises. So should be interesting. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, we got a bunch of announcements for movies that are being postponed. Uh, started with MGM delaying James Bond. Uh, mm. No Time to Die from April 2nd to October 8th now, which then followed up with Sony had a bunch of announcements and it's pretty much a domino. It's like one movie got pushed, then another, then another, because they've each jumped into each other's time spots. Uh, Morbius has been delayed until next year. Uh, it won't be out until January 21st, 2022 now. Uh, Uncharted. Has been has been bumped back. I don't have the date here. Uh, it's also been uh, Ghostbusters has now been bumped to November, which uh, now saddens me because I want to see that. Uh, Cinderella, which is like a live action Cinderella by Sony, not by Disney this time, uh, has been bumped, and a uh, Peter Rabbit to the Runaway uh, has also been bumped. And then you Did anybody got... see the first Peter Rabbit movie? I heard <clears throat> I no. heard it was okay, but I haven't seen it. Uh, Kevin, you've got some Disney delays, don't you? Yeah, the only movies that Disney has announced uh, that are going to be delayed are movies that were formerly Fox. So The King's Man was supposed to be in March, and it's been bumped back to August now. And the Bob's Burgers movie, which um, I think it's been bumped several times, uh, it's been taken off the schedule totally, so... Um, the other movies that, that that they mentioned, I hadn't really heard of. So nothing too major from Disney. They're still holding on to the dates for Black Widow and Raya and the Last Dragon and, and things like that, too. So we shall see what uh, what they end up doing. When's that Last Dragon one coming out? It's sometime soon, isn't it? It's supposed to be March. Oh, really? Okay. I guess I, want to so feel like, I always feel like that one's supposed to be out sooner. Is that all the news that you've got, guys? Oh, no, I've still got more news. But I was oh, just okay. The, the, I was just the movie delays. No, no. Because uh, I've got one that I, I'll be surprised if Ryan doesn't. Which one? The fact that 
The Muppet Show is coming to Disney Plus? No, no, but let's talk about that. Okay, well, let's talk about five seasons. Is it in its, so you guys will know better. Is it in its entirety? Like, no songs cut out? No bits cut out? We don't know. Um, Uh, When it was released on DVD, I don't think it was heavily edited, was it? There were, I think there were a couple of numbers that they couldn't get the rights to, but on the whole, it was pretty good. Uh, They only released the first three seasons, so Mm. the fact that we're getting the last two seasons uh, is is good news for Muppet fans. I I beg everybody here, like not not my co-host because they've all seen it, but if you want to watch the pinnacle of the Muppet Show, watch the Alice Cooper episode. That's a great one. Yeah, that's it a is good one. the best episode of the Muppet Show, and I would argue it is one of the best episodes of any comedic TV show ever made. <laughs> yeah, I also love the Mark Hamill episode. The Mark Hamill episode is also very good. And, that, I, I enjoyed the one that I always remember because it was a kid, and it's Star Wars. Is the Star Wars episode? That's the Mark. Hamill. That's the Mark Hamill. Oh, that's the Mark Hamill episode. Yeah. Oh, okay. I always call it the Star because it has other people in it. It's got R2-D2 and C-3PO in it. I think Chewbacca is Chewbacca? there, too. Chewbacca? I don't have a specific so episode Vader? that comes to mind. I'm really curious. Um, uh, a guy named Braden, who is a host, he's the host of Up Next, which is part of our, our friends John and Way's uh, post-wrestling network. He tweeted out that he was excited this, that it's been added. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty great. And then I thought about it, and I'm like, Braden is, I think he's like 24, maybe 25. <laughs> that first season of Muppet Show, I'm very curious to know how many of the the guests he, he knows. Because yeah. I sure as hell didn't. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people on that show that they just... They just um, got people because they were available and not because they were huge celebrities. There was even one episode where um, the guest star that they had booked couldn't make it. So they just got one of the staff writers to be the guest star. So there's an episode with like this random British comedian that you've never heard of. And that's because he just happened to be there. Yeah, like I, I want to say like the first season and maybe the first season and a half is like it's a lot of people like out of vaudeville or mm-hmm. like older comedians or <laughs> like dancers and singers songwriters and stuff like that from like the but who weren't incredibly big at the time right and aren't incredibly big now so i was oh, exactly. just kind of curious to see what Braden's reaction is like like for the first like five or six <laughs> like Milton Berle yeah, does I never episodes, I... doesn't he yeah, there's a Milton Berle episode. I never watched. I never watched that show for the uh, the guest stars because I honestly most of the time didn't know who they were, because sure. I think I watched a lot of just the early episodes. But I watch it for the Muppets, and that's why I can't think of a specific episode that I like the best. I could just think of like skits that I like the best, mm-hmm. like the Muppaphone. I yeah, love the Muppaphone. The Muppaphone. <laughs> I I. I like the the Alice Cooper one just because it, it's very well written. <laughs> I love the episodes yeah. where they they just sort of broke the format a little bit. The Carol Burnett episode was the one where she showed up, and instead of doing the regular show, there was a 
a, a ballroom dance marathon going on. So all the sketches happened <laughs> while people were dancing all around her. And all she wanted to do was her lonely asparagus sketch. And there's like this <laughs> episode where he's like, it's all auditions or something, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, there's yeah. no show. They're holding auditions instead. And and Steve Martin, especially at that point, really fit in well with the the Muppet aesthetic. Exactly. Yeah. And All the right. um, the Brooke Shields one was a was an Alice in Wonderland. The whole episode was this retelling of Alice in Wonderland. I don't remember that one at all. And it ended with them singing, "We're off to see the Wizard." I think the Wizard it's. Of Oz. <laughs> I remember Alice Cooper's episode. I remember the Mark Hamill one for obvious reasons. Vincent Price's, I remember. Oh yeah, Vincent Price. That's the one I was thinking of. It's similar in tone to the the Alice Cooper episode, and I want to say John Cleese does one too. Oh, and he just does not want to be there. It's very funny because he spends the whole episode just angry that he's even there. (laughs) Yeah, it'll be very much worth watching when it comes to Disney Plus. Next, uh, so this one was another announcement just made today. the new uh, Amazon's Invincible animated series. Uh, that's has, the one that I was th- I was pegging you had. <laughs> uh, has a release date. We will be getting the first three episodes on Friday, March 26th, with an episode to follow each Friday up until the finale on April 30th. Yes. Uh, so I'm looking forward to this because I love that comic series, and the art style looks to very much be in tune with the comic, like the, the cartoon mm. with the comic, at least color wise and, you know, cell shading enough that, uh, I'm sure it'll be good. And I look forward to it. So if you get a chance to read that series, you should. Yeah. Here's where, here's my thing is I picked up off of a fantastic deal off of Facebook marketplace. The first, five hardcovers of invincible yep and i've been debating whether i read them before the cartoon comes out or if i go back to it after the cartoon comes out i would start reading them now because the cartoon's not out for a few months if you read them now you might not remember it you've already read a lot of the beginning anyway haven't you yeah i want to say the 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 first hardcover maybe the first two i basically read I, I've never read Invincible, although I am familiar with some of the characters from it. I used to read um, this other image book called Noble Causes, and there were often crossovers with Invincible characters in that book. Um, but uh, what I know of it, it sounds great. Yeah, it's I definitely a book like, that's like right up your alley, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I read the first probably the first trade i think i got it out of the library one time because i know i've read like either one story arc or part of a story arc and i really enjoyed it so i want to read those hardcovers too brett (laughs) (laughs) well all all, you all are welcome to read my library of invincible i've got the whole series in trade so all righty is that it for news no it's not excuse me i was trying not to burp in the microphone you have more. <laughs> Thank you. I, I was being civilized. No, I have more because uh, more Disney news, really. Um, so there's been mo- movement and news on the Disney Star Wars video game front. Uh, Disney announced the reforming of uh, Lucasfilm Games. 
which will now be the uh, the umbrella that will control the rights for Lucasfilm video game properties, uh, such as Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Um, this also starts to show the uh, the signs that EA's exclusive contract to make Star Wars games is coming to an end or is loosening up because there was an announcement that Ubisoft is working on a open world Star Wars game. And somebody mm-hmm. else is working on Ooh. a Indiana Jones game too. Yeah. So, yeah, it's I I would like this <laughs> EA kind of screwed the pooch, really. The the debacle with uh Battlefront. Oh, yep. And like and their their latest entries have been good, like uh Fallen Order and um squadrons are even are even battlefront 2 is good it's just they really messed out messed up the roll-up on those battlefront games yeah it's it's kind of too little too late i think unfortunately yeah. and it's ea they are the evil empire that nobody likes <laughs> uh, hey they make the sims yeah but like it's the, their treatment of their employees sometimes has been called into question <laughs> Well, that part's but, bad, but I still like The Sims. But uh, regardless, it's like I'm curious to see what other studios can do because we we've seen EA basically give it its best shot. Now let's see what else other people can do. Yep. And then Kevin, you probably heard about this one and can probably shed some more light on it. Uh, but Disney has announced they're ending their annual passport program out in Disneyland. Yes. Yes, this is interesting news. Basically, Disneyland is a locals park. For the most part, people don't plan week-long vacations to go to Disneyland. It's more it's more like a Canada's Wonderland than a Walt Disney World as a like which is a resort destination, right? So the problem with that is that the parks get overrun by people who feel entitled to be there because they've paid for annual passes. And um, seeing as the park has been closed now for nine months, uh, Disney has seen this as a good opportunity to cancel the annual pass program, and they have promised they're going to revamp it into something that they're calling a membership program. I, I have a feeling that there may not be unlimited access to the park for pass holders anymore that you might pay for a membership that gets you, you know, like f- three to six yeah. Um, yeah. visits they, per month or something, you know, X amount of days and then maybe a discount on other on uh, after that or something. Exactly. They're being pretty quiet about what the replacement for the annual pass will be, which I don't blame them. I don't think that park's going to open anytime soon. The governor of California is pretty strict about his rules. Yep. So, um, yeah, I'll be interested to see what it's like. And I think it will make Disneyland less crowded. And uh, I think, like, have you heard about the Disneyland gangs? Like, yes. there are there are rival groups of Disneyland fans who wear, like, uh denim vests with disney patches all over them and they they have different names for their groups and they really feel like they run parts of the park that that things are there just for them what i'm serious oh, yeah, the, i read up. a whole article on it a couple of years ago he's not yeah lying. this 
This is a, this is a real. Oh, I didn't thing. think he was lying. I just it's a kind of incredulous. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And when you have like the capacity of that park is probably something like seventy five thousand people, but they sell over a million annual passes a year. So that's a lot of people who can just drop in whenever they want. And the people who live close to Disneyland, they they do. They just stop in and hang out in the park. They might not even go on any rides, and they certainly aren't buying merchandise or food. They just clog up the park. Yeah. So this is Disney's way to sort of clean that park out and and mm-hmm. sort of start again from a base lo- a base uh, a base a, a base. Let's just say a base because I can't yeah. think of a good word that. So why does Florida have that? Why doesn't Florida have that problem? Because it's. <laughs> I know from wrestling podcasts, so here here's one of those weird things. So most pro wrestlers live in Florida, and from li- listening to wrestling podcasts, I would say a good 50 to 60% of those all have, like, yearly passes to yep. Disney World. So what makes it, what makes the two different? Well, why isn't that a problem in Florida? Because 23 and a half million people live in the greater Los Angeles area and less than 1 million people live in the greater Orlando area. Oh, okay. When you put so, those numbers, yeah, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> so plus, there's that. The sheer size. Disney World is how many times plus, bigger than Disneyland? Plus, um, Walt Disney World was built as a resort destination, right? Like. People are more likely to go to Walt Disney World and buy a week's long vacation where they're going to stay at a Disney hotel and, you know, they're going to be at Disney for a week. Whereas Disneyland, like the entire Disneyland Resort is in the space of one city block and it's got it's built up with motels and and cheap restaurants and souvenir shops all around it. So it doesn't have that same kind of capacity that that the Florida parks have. Okay. So that's the that's the difference, but but the big difference is population. And when you've got like almost the entire population of Canada lives in Southern California, <laughs> right? So where so if if you've got twenty five million people who live within a two hour drive of the park, that's a huge huge um, uh, base fan yeah. base. So that's your difference. Make yeah, that's okay. a big difference. Sense. So there you go. And that is the news. I have one sad piece of news that just came across uh, today. Uh, the actress Mira Furlin, who um, was played my favorite character on Babylon 5. She played Ambassador Delan of the Mimbari. She was also on Lost. She played Danielle on Lost. Uh, she passed away this morning at the age of 65. Um, I haven't been able to find what the cause of her death was. Uh, no details on that have been released yet. It's very sad. That yeah. um, when you when you compare B five to Star Trek, it just seems like the actors on Babylon five they die much younger than the than Star Trek actors do, and it's it's quite sad. And uh, yeah, my thoughts go to her family. I loved her. I thought she was a great actress. She came from Yugoslavia just to be on Babylon five. Yeah, her her story wow. on a whole, I was reading about it today, is just sort of fascinating. Like, she mm. started off as, like, part of a uh, national dance troupe, basically, in Yugoslavia. And then when, like, 
the the horrors of that sort of war started going, she and her husband kind of were stuck in the middle, so they left and headed to New York and got out while the getting was sort of good. Yeah. Yeah. And and Babylon five is just just it's underappreciated. You don't need to watch the last season. No. But, <laughs> but well, it was a show it's one of those weird cases of Babylon five was a show that was constantly on the edge of being canceled right. like every single season. So uh J. Michael Stravinsky set up like a plot line to run for how many seasons is it? It was supposed to be a five season story. Right. And then they then at the end of it is like, okay, good. So if they cancel us, which they're probably going to this time, because the numbers are even lower than they were last time, we're good. And then for whatever reason, that was the year they got renewed. And yeah. it was Shit, you need 20 more episodes. Yeah, they didn't just get renewed. So um, Babylon 5 was one of those 90s syndicated shows, right? Um, Warner Brothers was trying to set up a rival to what Paramount had set up with Star Trek. And um, so at the end of the fourth season, it looked like that whole infrastructure that Warner's had set up was going to crumble and that the show would be canceled. Well, at the very last minute... Um, they got picked up by TNT, Turner Network Television. So the last season actually aired as a as a show on cable on Turner. Um, so with a little finagling. So basically Straczynski had wrapped up all his storylines a year early. Uh, but what he did was he saved the last episode that he'd recorded in season four till the end of season five. They had to shuffle some cast around. Some actors couldn't come back because they... The contracts had ended and they they had already picked up other gigs. So the last season is a bit of a mess. I still love it. Tracy Scoggins is great as, um, as the new captain. But, um, yeah, it, it, was, it was crazy. But it was so ambitious what that show was trying to do. And it really was a precursor to the way television is made now in sort of um, overarching story arcs with, um, with season-long plots. So, yeah. uh, and it used to be on at the weirdest times. I had a group of friends. We used to watch Babylon five together every week. And some weeks we'd be getting together at seven o'clock on a Sunday evening. And there were some nights when it didn't air until after a football game. And it would be two o'clock in the morning before it came on. It was just crazy. It was all over the place. What kind of frustrates me a little bit, at least in Canada, it's not readily available on streaming. It's not available. I would, I would love to sit down and watch it with Jen. Because I think Jen would really like it, but I don't want to spend the hundred bucks on the the box set for the DVDs at Walmart, and it's not on Netflix and it's not on Disney Plus. I don't think it's on Crave because I think the last it like not. I did do, yeah. So it's not streaming anywhere up here, which is a shame. Yeah, yeah. It's about the only big sci-fi show of the '90s that's not streaming anywhere. I, imagine I think it's on it, Amazon in the States, but not a piece yeah, of something. Yeah, it could be. I imagine it might be something to do with rights because it was in syndication for the first chunk of it. Maybe. Yeah. And, and all the um, special effects for that show were done on Amiga computers. Yeah, they're very dated now. Oh, yeah, it's totally <laughs> 90s television 
level effects, but uh, it still looked cool. Mm. Alrighty. On that note, we go into our review of WandaVision. WandaVision. So we have seen <laughs> the, as of the recording of this, we've seen the first three episodes. Mm. Um... Spoilers. Spoilers ahead. There's probably going to be spoilers because it's hard to talk about it without giving like a three sentence description without yeah, like going beyond that. You're you're just spoiling stuff. So if you have by the time watched, this yeah. comes out, episode three will have aired or is available to be watched. Go watch it. Watch one and two and three, or just skip to the end and get our geek picks and see you next time. But. Yeah. We're going to spoil. We're going to talk about <laughs> the episodes. You can't not. So uh, let's start with Jen, because Jen is the, the least familiar with the comic book side of Wanda's uh, vision. Yep. What do you think of it so far? I really, really like it. Um, I I love that it's... Um, I love that I don't know what's going to happen and and that there's just like the hint of a mystery um, that, so I've, I've like find my, it's hard to explain what this show is. <laughs> I like that about it too, but I find it, you, you find yourself at the end of every episode going, okay, so what did that mean? And you know, what did they mean by this part and why are they acting like that? And uh, I like the use of uh, color in the black and white episodes where they just mm-hmm. had little dots of red. Um, I love that each of the three episodes has been a different era of American TV um, and that you've moved from the 50s to the 60s to the 70s, which is super cool. And uh, I like how the set changes and the costumes change and the whole town changes to kind of fill that. And even the like the music and the the um, the language that they're using and the uh, the plots of the episodes really reflect the era that they're trying to go through and the the uh, the opening credits too. Um, I love the little commercial breaks. Uh, it's just it's so intriguing and I really like that there is. We figured out at the end of of episode three that there is this um, there is an outside world that Geraldine got kind of thrown into. And so by the end of that episode, I'm like, so does Wanda know what's going on? Because she obviously knew enough to be able to throw somebody out of the delusion. But she's not actually at the end of hmm, I have theories, but I'm not sure if you want to talk about the theories now or if you want to. Just <laughs> well, go we'll, we'll do the theories yeah. kind of at the, like the big overarching theory of the show. But you, yeah, you so over, overall. Yeah, overall, it's 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 amazing, and I like every Friday. I'm like, oh yeah, one division. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's right. mine. Until so we get into theories. Let's go to Kevin because Kevin is old school comic book person and probably mm. remembers when the Wanda and Scarlet Vision miniseries first showed up on Sans. Because I I do. read the second. The second one. Scarlet Witch miniseries. There was a four-issue one that was sort of just before I started collecting, and then a 12-issue one that I remember reading. And then, of course, um, I basically know them from the West Coast Avengers run that John Byrne did. There was a a huge Vision Scarlet Witch plotline in that book. Um, But I love this show. If you know anything about classic sitcoms, they are 
they are note perfect to the way those shows yes. were created. Uh, I love how accurate to the details they are on on the first episode, which is the um, the sort of I Love Lucy episode, and the s- second one is sort of a combination bewitched Dick Van Dyke show kind of a thing. Love it. I lo- love, love, love it. Um, um, and I love that I don't know what's going on. I, I hate mm-hmm. reading the comments on people on review saying, this show's stupid. It's like nothing's happening. This show is like wh- – I don't know what people were expecting, but this those, show Those is, people's subtlety is lost on them. For mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> this show is a slow burn. This show mm-hmm. is a I, – I do think it was wise of them to release two episodes the first week because the first episode had very little – of sort of the menace of what's happening underneath in yeah. it, right? There was just For that sure. red the red light on the toaster in the commercial. That was pretty much it. Yeah. And then the second episode gave us enough to let us know that, oh, something is happening here. And by the time we get to the end of the third episode, we actually see something that's happening there. We're not sure what mm. it is yet, but... Uh, but but episode three is where is where we know that there is a an MCU plot line underneath this wacky sitcomy stuff that's going on on top. Yeah. All right, Ryan. Uh, this is exactly what I was hoping this would be. Like I was hoping it would be this kind of slow, slow burn. The I don't know what's going on here type of series. Everybody kept saying leading into it, oh, it's going to be very sitcom-y. It's going to be sitcom-y. I don't know, other than I guess because we saw the footage, so the, the pictures that made it look like old sitcoms, why people would think that this was just going to be all, you know, the whole thing would be sitcoms. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. It's a Marvel movie. It's if you know it, you know, it's, like, it's not oh, a Marvel show. It's not just going to be sitcoms. There's going to be something going on. And then, I guess, if you're familiar at all with Wanda's powers from the comics and the multiple world-breaking situations she's gotten herself into, then this totally makes sense what's going on. Well, it doesn't make sense what's going on, but, I mean, this is like this is what I expected. Um, the When we see Mon- uh, it's Monica, right? Uh, yes. yes, but she. But we only know her as Geraldine. As Geraldine, Geraldine. sorry, yes. Uh, yes, gets thrown out of the world and lands outside where there's a force, uh, an army out there, which I think we are to assume is is sword. Yeah, uh, yeah it's pretty surrounding much the city. given that it's sword. Um, yeah. Because and uh, uh, now I lost my train of thought. <laughs> but Geraldine's uh, thrown out. Yes, and she's surrounded by a city that's we think is. Oh, I know what I was saying. I just don't remember where I was going with it now. Uh, I was trying to refresh your memory. Oh, thanks. But uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so seeing now that we we know this is like it's, you know, think the Simpsons with a glass ball, a glass dome over this town, right? Except it'd be, instead of being a glass dome, it's this shimmery shield that you can't see into and you can't see out of. It's pretty much. I think, well, I guess we'll, we'll, wait, we'll wait for the theories part. Anyway, um, the little tidbits we've seen of when Wanda's found sword things lying around, 
like the little red helicopter that had the sword logo on it. Mm -hmm. And then she notices the necklace. Mm -hmm. Um, Those have been interesting little tidbits. I wonder if the helicopter is actually something else. It's just in that world, it looks like a heli. It's a a drone that that crashed. And that's how they were trying to see Mm. what's going on. Because somehow they're seeing if the little TV screen that we come out of and see the footage of, it's like, well, somehow somebody on the outside is seeing what's going on inside. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, magic or it's, you know, yeah, they've got a drone in there that they're using. Or... See, and then this goes back to the theories part, because I'm like, so is it Wanda that created that world, or is it S.W.O.R.D. that created that world, and Wanda is stuck in it, or trapped, or imprisoned in it? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think know. S.W.O.R.D. created it. Uh... I think this is... It's, it's Wanda's powers have gone amok whether it's her dealing with uh, her her, gre- her grief and her feelings for lose- losing vision, because this is supposed to take place not very long after Endgame. No. So she's still getting over the fact that she, you know, all these other people came back and, and vision still is gone. So mm. she's grieving now, right? Because she didn't get a chance to grieve before because she was dust. That's true. So this is I think that that's what this is, is it's her, her grieving and her powers are, you know See are but my See, re- I don't my think re- that's completely all of it. Oh, I don't think hey, it's I all of it. Say. But I think it whole it's a big I think it's a part of it. Hmm. I My rebuttal re- to that is she she looked like at the end of, of Infinity War she she didn't look like she was like she looked like she was almost she's not she was sort of at peace with it like she had her vengeance uh she fought uh Thanos I mean she obviously wasn't happy about it but it didn't look like she was about to have a psychotic break like there is there's got to be something between that scene on the lake and WandaVision that triggers this break if that's what it is and oh, for sure. I guess that's what they're going to tell I us I totally I totally 100% agree with you something caused this but i think it's something or someone caused this and it's her her grief with the powers is just is what's fueling it it's just that's what's keeping this fire burning and why anytime somebody tries to shine a light on it on things not making sense well they choke on a on a piece of meat or get Mm. thrown out of the world I um I I I think that Wanda is Wanda is doing this but may not be responsible because the voice we keep hearing on the radio keeps saying who's doing this to you Wanda who is doing this to you Yeah yeah uh, this is why I'm thinking it's not- more of Wanda's imprisoned as opposed to Wanda's created it mm. Yeah well, I see, I think it's kind of half and half. Um, so first off, this show is awesome. Yes. <laughs> oh, it, yeah. It's 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 been like to the the technical level, like what Kevin was talking about. The fact that a majority of the episode when it's in the sitcom framing 
is in the original aspect ratios that uh, like old school TVs would have had. Yeah. Yeah. And then when it gets to the the I guess the real world sort of situation, it widens back out into our TV frame. I think that was a great and little brilliant choice. I read earlier today the fact that um, Vision's makeup in the black and white scenes, they had to do it differently so it would show up. Like, it's one of those weird things of, like, in order to make how we think it would look like in black and white, they had to change the makeup in real life. So when they made it black and white, it would look right. Give it more contrast, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that they're going to kind of that sort of level is great because it shows that the Disney Plus version of MCU is going to have the same attention paid to it that the films were. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very, very good. As to what's going on, there's so many possibilities. (laughs) Like where to begin. I kind of think my thought is is the the world is of Wanda's uh, sort of creation. And I think she's been manipulated into doing it by who is still yet to be sort of sorted out. But I also think that she is kind of at, uh, she's also in the spot where, yeah, she was tricked into doing this, but she doesn't necessarily want to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Now, she has vision there and she's yeah. happy. Right? Yeah. So, so after so this it, third... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Jen. I was just going to say, if it turns out that um, every, maybe not everybody, vision at the very least in this world is like the only thing that's not real, the ending of this show is going to be so fucking sad. <laughs> and oh, yeah. I'm not looking forward to that. I don't want it. I want her to be happy. So, oh. I'm not looking forward to the end because I don't want that to happen to her. <laughs> now, after some of the events in this third uh, episode three, um, like the the neighbors, when Vision's outside, uh-huh. the one neighbor is using his super hedge clippers to cut the the brick wall, and then <laughs> uh, the other, what's her name? What's the the, the Agnes. female Agnes? When when you see Agnes talking to to him, Hurt. and they're whispering, sorry. His name is Herb. Oh, Herb. Yes, thank you. Uh, to Herb. And they're whispering, and then she starts to point things out to Vision and say, okay, well, she knows that stuff's not right. Like, right there, and then it goes back to pretending. I think she knows what's going on in there, and I think there may be a few of them that know what's going on, but play the part because they're involved. Right. As if well, yeah, see, that's what thing. I was thinking. Yeah. Or, and whereas there's some people that don't know what's going on and start to snap out of it, but then get put back into it, like um, the boss and his wife. Or Dottie. Or, or Dottie. Yeah. The, uh, I think the um, Herb may not realize what's going on, but I think him cutting into the wall like that is that, like, clue that subconsciously he knows things aren't right like he's trying to like his brain is trying to get him to cut through the wall quote unquote yeah maybe i'm reading too much into it but i hope that's it because i'm like that's that that scene (laughs) 
really scratched my head because it started to make me wonder who's in on it, how many of the people here are real, and who is not. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you guys read Ooh. beforehand all the rumors that Agnes was really Agatha Harkness, the the magical, uh, the witch who sort of raised Wanda's children. And yes, but after oh, seeing me this episode. And her conversation with Herb, I'm like, that doesn't that doesn't seem to follow for me anymore. And okay. don't get me wrong, Agnes is my is my favorite of the supporting characters. I love her. I think she's hilarious. Yes. Catherine Hahn is a great actress. Oh yeah, she's been great. I am in now suit. I am now not convinced that that's who she is. I don't know oh, who see, she is. I've, so, I'm I have the a theory. I'm like 100 convinced that's who it is. I thought really? earlier, forgot about it, and you just reminded me. So I have a theory with her now. That so, if she turns out isn't a person at all, what if she is more is kind of think of it as a white blood cell? Like yeah. she is part of Wanda's hallucination that knows that oh. it's a hallucination. Knew Monica yeah. didn't belong there, so that's why she started to, to rat. That's why she said all that stuff to Vision, like. She doesn't even have a house, you know, to try to be like, to make him aware that something's up with that woman. But then by the time he went in to find out, well, Wanda had already taken care of it. Mm. See, Vision better be okay at the end of this. There's something. I don't think he's going to be. I know. (laughs) There's something with the uh, cameo pin that Agnes wears too. She's been wearing it in every episode. And I can't get a good enough view of it to figure it to figure it out. Yeah. No, I saw a thing where it pointed out that Agatha Harkness wears a cameo in most of her illustrated versions, <laughs> like something similar. That's so. Should we go around the table and and everybody throw up their theory? Okay. I've already started doing them, but yeah, go yeah, for it. But I yeah, but I mean, like, if you've got a con- concrete, like, sort of, like, this is kind of what you think is happening. Because I'm really certain, like, <laughs> this is the part that I kind of love about it, is I don't, I think we all have different variations on what's going on. I don't know if any of us are right, if we're all right, or, like, my theory could be right, but I, I equally see some of Ryan's ideas being right, too. Like it's like it, it can go in so many places. Yeah. Who wants to go first? Okay. This, I I have a feeling Mephisto might be involved. Yep. I agree. That would be interesting uh, because we haven't seen the the only kind of mystical demonic character we've had was the one in Doctor Strange. Dormammu. Dormammu. I'm here you. to bargain. So if we were to actually now have Mephisto, which is more or less the the Satan of the the devil of the Marvel universe, yeah, it'd be quite interesting. Okay. So that's that's my one thing maybe that Mephisto was involved. All right. Because in the comics, the kids were like shards of Mephisto's essence or something, weren't they? Like one was it Mephisto? It wasn't Mephisto. It was um, another demonic. 
Oh, okay. I thought I thought it was Mephisto, but that's also one of those things that has Diablo. been like rewritten a couple of different times. Like they are, they aren't. Like because those kids kind of exist now, right? Like isn't that they're Wiccan? The, they're the and Young that, Avengers. Yeah, Wiccan and whatever the Speed kid's name was. Speed. His name is Speed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> They're starting Jeez. to run out of ideas. Yeah, apparently he was last in line at the superhero naming store. They <laughs> <laughs> were just like, I yeah, don't but they, know. They actually, Wiccan definitely exists right now because he is with his husband, who is the uh, head of the Kree Skrull Empire at the moment yep. in the comics. Hulkling. Like. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Jen, did you have any theories or ideas to throw in? I don't know. My, my theories aren't really based on much because I've never read the comics. Um, oh, but you've watched it's the more, show. It's more like a hope. Hmm? You've watched what the show. You, so you have watched yeah. the TV show. You have theories about, based on it. Yeah. It I think we, we kind of already talked about comics. my theory. Oh, okay. So in, in your I best hope, th- what happens, Jen? Vision's alive and they've got kids at the end? Well, may, as I know it's not going to happen. That's that's my wishful thinking. I what I think is actually going on is that um, I don't know how, what, but something triggered uh, Wanda to kind of imprison the town in her magic delusion, and I don't know what triggered it. I kind of don't know if it would be grief for Vision or not because I feel like. That's a big leap from where we saw her at the last movie to a complete psychotic break. Like, they couldn't even make her, like, twitchy. She was fully aware of her powers. She was fully aware of everything. She was in complete control of herself in the movie. So I see her kind of going haywire as a bit of a jump. But, meh. But I do feel like something happened to to cause her to create this fantasy world that she lives in. And that she wants to live in. But I think that sword has more to do with it than just her powers because they seem to be infiltrating it everywhere like there's got to be something that they've done maybe they're the ones who triggered the powers that caused her to in kind of take over the little town but i think that sword is responsible for whatever happened because that's why every time she sees sword she gets angry uh at first she get yes like when she sees the uh the helicopter She's not angry then, but she's suspicious. Then when she sees the the beekeeper coming out of the sewer, she says no and rewinds time. And then when she sees it on Geraldine, she literally throws Geraldine out of her delusion. So I think that it has something to do with S.W.O.R.D. triggering something that causes this delusional bubble that they're in. But I don't know what it is. That's where I'm going so far. And I really want... I really want Vision to be alive at the end somehow. <laughs> somehow. So we all so want Jen, Vision to be alive I wanna, at the end. I, I want to feed into your 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 idea here because I just thought of this. At the end of Infinity War, we have Vision is dead. We have a body. Mm. He doesn't dust. What happens to that body? Yeah. Does Sword have that body and is experimenting on it in this town? Under Ooh. the guise of this yeah. town, and Wanda finds that's out, and that's what yeah, causes because... Wanda to go crazy and snap and envelop this town and bring Vision to life. And well, yeah, the other thing is that how much of how much was Shuri able to separate before 
um, yes. vision left. Like for all we know, there is a, maybe not exactly the same, but a functional vision that maybe doesn't have the same powers or I don't know. There's probably something different because he doesn't have the soul stone anymore, but maybe there is a vision that is able to be recreated. That could be it. Maybe swords got the technology got has, has Shuri's research and has the body and the fact that they basically quote unquote desecrated his grave sets Wanda off the deep end. That could be it. Or, oh, go ahead. I'll feed into this theory a little bit more, too. Is I like this theory that the um, that it isn't Sword who got the body, it's AIM. Mm. That because we saw the beekeeper guy now, he did have the sword logo on his back, but maybe that's a but yeah, uh, apparently it's the sword logo on his back, but maybe. Because he was also swarmed by bees, maybe it's more of a uh, representation. So they went in to investigate. The Aim has somehow resurrected a version of Vision, and Wanda was happy, and then Sword shut it down, and that's why she's pissed off at them. Yes, I like this. Oh, maybe. And yeah. so to, to to hope for your happy ending where there's a Vision alive. In the past, there have been times when Wanda has had her world-altering powers that have both killed and brought characters back to life. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye is alive only because of House of M. Because he wanted, he died, I believe he dies in, in Avengers Disassembled, which was Wanda's powers going crazy and attacking the Avengers. Mm. Then post hmm. House of M, after she was manipulated by, I believe, by her brother, to make the their family and the mutants rule the world. Uh, when she finally sets everything right after that, Hawkeye is still alive, and that's when he wanders the world as Ronan for a while. Mm. Yeah. So she that's, killed him. Yeah. And see, I I, I like. I like all of these ideas because they don't involve around Wanda basically just losing her shit and getting sad. Like, I feel like Wanda's been established as a powerful and strong enough character that, yes, she would be grieving for Vision, of course, but that's not the way she would grieve. Hmm. Because instead, she beats the shit out of Thanos, which I love that part. All right. And she sure has lost that accent. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but has it, it, she only the lost the time accent in the episode three? Has she only lost the accent because she's in an American sitcom? Good question. No, because she, she lost the accent by the third film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, she didn't really have a whole lot of that accent during uh, Endgame, but she didn't have much of it in Infinity War either. Like it yeah. was there, but it was very faint. Right. It came up, it's one of those yeah. things that came up when Ukrainian words did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, so uh, Ultron? Whoop, out of the world. <laughs> yeah. So uh, buckle up, guys. Here is my version of what I think is going on. Okay. Um, I can't take full credit for it. Some of it is inspired by Movie Bob's theory, but I think he made some solid points. And this is like, not only are we going into this show, 
we're going into the rest of the MCU for this one. Okay. Ooh. Deep dive, kids. So, Here we go. I think <laughs> Agnes is Agatha Harkness. Uh-huh. I think that she has somehow manipulated Wanda into doing this prison and Wanda doesn't want to leave. I think it is the idea of the shards of Mephisto or Diablo, or maybe because he's already been introduced, Dormammu's soul mm. is uh, is residing in the two kids that she just had in episode three. I think by the end of it, Wanda comes out, but due to the manipulation and the fact that she loses vision for a second round, because I, I'm not entirely mm. sure if he's uh, completely fictional, like her, she has just made him appear, or if she has been able to pull the remnant of him out of the the stone that he was in. Right. Either way, I don't think he comes out of it as a person at the end of the series. And I think that grief, because the one thing we, we kind of keep forgetting to in at the end of this is this ties directly into Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness. Yeah. I think at the end of this, because we know Scarlet witch is in that movie. I don't think she is like helping Dr. Strange out in that movie. I think she's the villain. Oh, I think she go like she just uh, gets to the the uh, crazy fuck it stage by that point, and she starts breaking reality like outside of that bubble, mm. and that's where the Doctor Strange movie. I hope comes. she's. I don't I want that, that to happen. I like that. Yeah, it's a good theory, but I don't want it to happen. <laughs> I I think though the cool thing about that is is with that character, you can do something that we really haven't seen them do in the MCU to that extent, is you get a really good redemption arc with her later on. Yeah. Like, I, I, like she come, she eventually comes out of it, dis- just like the comics, disappears for a while, and then when she comes back, uh, she's trying to regain being a hero again. Right. Like, fixing what she was what kind she of already did. a villain in Ultron. Ah, kind of, but not horribly. Like she, she like was a villain they for like. Started 10 off minutes. working. Yeah, but I don't know if they will make her. Well, I guess you could go either way. You could either use that as the reason that she becomes a villain again. Like, well, she's had it before, so you know she'd be yeah. swayed again. She could be swayed again. But I also don't know if they would go back to kind of revisit that idea after they've kind of made her into a hero. And I mean, They're if pulling down like, that I... building and killing all those people didn't make her a villain. I don't know why I this would completely off base. Yeah, I do like the, it though. It's a good theory. Of her powers kind of warping reality a bit, and w- the fact that we know it goes into Doctor Strange, and that movie is entitled "The Multiverse of Madness." Yeah, that like I believe that directly ties into her abilities and powers, and the multiverse aspect of it deals with something that wanda does maybe she's and it not, would be like, really fun to see her face off against dr strange yeah yeah and i i like there's that's the thing though is the theory that jen and ryan kind of presented doesn't sound bad like it like it's completely and utterly plausible and that's what yeah. i love about the show so far 
is I don't like Kevin mm-hmm. said, I don't exactly know where it's going. I got a lot of ideas, but they can like I can say right now that like my theory, I can also poke so many holes in it. <laughs> it can <laughs> be complete and utter bullshit by the time we get to the end of the series. There are a couple of things we haven't touched on. One are the commercial breaks. Mm. So the first one is for the Stark Toastmaster 2000. Yep. And then the last two, the second one was for the Strucker, the Strucker wristwatch. Mm-hmm. And then the third one was for Hydra, what was it, Hydra soap. Suds or something. It was the soap. Hydra bubble, bubble bath. bath. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All three of those things tie into the first time we saw Wanda. Right, the yeah. first time we see Wanda and Pietro, they are they are facing like there's that Stark bomb, right? A Stark bomb blew up their village in Sokovia, so that's your Stark your Stark toaster thing. Yep. Plus, a lot of there are lots of characters who call Vision a toaster because he's a robot, so yep. th- that sort of ties into. The second one is the Strucker watch, and Strucker was the guy who took Wanda and Pietro and experimented on them. And the third one is Hydra. He did it on behalf of Hydra, right? So yep. the commercials are all tying into Wanda's origin, and I find that yeah. fascinating. Yeah, the question is, is it just like a neat little thing they're doing to to, to sort of remind you of her origin, like the way that we're thinking of it? Or is there a central story purpose to those? Is is this hinting at what is going on and we're just not getting it yet? I don't think this would be part of the show if it wasn't important. Yeah. And uh, I think it's all part of Wanda's delusions. See, the argument you can make against that is this might also be the way of presenting that sitcom aesthetic complete with ads. Yeah. Like it could easily, that's the awesome part. It could easily be either one of those things. Yes, but Wanda is, if, if Wanda is creating the sitcom aesthetic, then she's also creating the commercial breaks. Hmm. Well, I just love that they the included the are, are, are the commercial breaks just for us, or are no. they part of the world? And the they're part of the world. Like, they're part of the world. Oh, sorry. The the agent. What's his name? <laughs> uh, the FBI agent. That I guess we now is a shield, uh, sword agent. Uh, what's his name from uh, Jimmy Ant-Man Woo? And the Wasp. Jimmy Woo. We, that's his voice, right? Isn't it on the radio? It's coming through the radio. Yeah. It, it definitely sounds like him. So, yeah, that's now uh, I'll just throw out um, a couple things that like are just complete clickbait rumor mongering. <laughs> the best kind. Um, so one of the things that popped up when the, the show first uh, was going to air the week that it started, we found out that Emma Caulfield from uh, Buffy yeah. was was playing a character in it. It turns out she's playing quote unquote Dottie. Yep. Um, I love but, her. Which made everybody wonder like, well, why did you keep this so secret when everybody else is talking about being in the show? Now there is a rumor popping up that she might be Clea. I read the, that too. Yeah. The, the on Clea? again, 
on again, off again, uh, uh, love interest of Doctor Strange. She's a magic user, and she's um, is is she from another dimension? She's from Kevin? Dormammu's dimension. Dimension. Hmm. Now, is that comic book nerds just seeing what they want to see, or do you think there's any weight to it? Too hard to tell. Yeah, I don't it, know. It could be because you know it's 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 Marvel. It's Kevin Feige. It's it could be a deep cut, and that mm. that could be part of your tie-in to your Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, or she could just be playing Dottie, and that's it. And yeah. Dottie's just yeah the the small town woman that runs all the the things you know like for the children. See that's what part of that. That's that one of those never seen in my theory that they that it's all geared. This whole storyline seems to be geared around her having kids. Yeah. Yes. So that that's part of what feeds into my my whole idea. Okay, so here's the next one. This is sort of coming off of uh, what Kevin pointed out is in the episode that had, I think it's episode two that has the bewitched style animated opening. Yep. That was a good opening. If you freeze frame it at the right point, there is the shadow of the Grim Reaper's helmet, who is uh, another character that is tied into those characters. Yes. In a very strange roundabout way. A very strange roundabout way. In a Marvel Comics way, let's just say that. Yeah. (laughs) Is that a hint towards that character appearing, or is it a red herring? Because if you also look in the background of that particular shot, there is a poster for Bova Milk, which here's where we go completely comic book nerd, is Wanda and and, uh, Pierto in the comics were raised by a super evolved cow. Yes. Named Bova. <laughs> right. So my Sam thought is... Kids, comics are weird. weird. Yes, they, yes, they are. Have you heard the other theory that ties into that? No. So Bova was created by the High Evolutionary. Evolutionary. And there is a theory that maybe Herb is the High Evolutionary. Oh. I hadn't heard that one. That's interesting. I read that one the other day too and went, oh, I just want to let it roll out. Like, I love the speculation. I love this sort of uh, water cooler chat about this, but I can't wait to find out for real what's going on. And the high evolutionary's real name is Herb. Herb. And like, okay, so wait, what's the high evolutionary again? You've lost uh, me in your comic. I don't people. know if you've seen him in anything. Has he shown up outside of comics? I don't uh, yeah, know. I think he was in a couple oh, he's been of those in... Avengers cartoons, but that's probably about it. I think he may have shown up at one point. Uh, he showed up in the original X-Men. Like the original X-Men cartoon. Oh, yeah. He apparently was in Superhero Squad. Uh, and Guardians of the Galaxy cartoon, which I haven't really watched, so... So no, I, I haven't part seen of me, it. like again, it's kind of what Kevin's saying. It's it, there's a good chance that that could be it, or they could just be fucking with us. 
They're dropping in all <laughs> kinds of that. I love. I think they're seeding all kinds of things, and we don't know what the real plot is yet. Yeah. How many episodes does this go for? Nine. Yeah. So it's eight weeks. That's why Not we got enough. the double double episodes on the first week to keep that yeah. even number. Now I think the like the the death uh, Grim Reaper headset you know, mask or whatever in the that we see in the floorboards as it's in that opening, I think that's just a hey kids look at what we did over here kind yeah, of wink wink chance. nudge nudge like it just a throwback to the old Simpsons cartoons like or like you know, even I think it was an episode of Simpsons or even other cartoons where it's like when they pass through the house like that and you see what's in the floorboards and there's like a a, a dead body and a treasure chest or yeah. dinosaur bones or things or that, like that. That OMAC head that Bart got like 10 seasons ago and is yeah. still kicking around their house in various it's, places. It's down in the basement, yeah. The, the other thing from sale. that animated opening of episode two was the Infinity Gems. You know, at the beginning, when you see the moon and they fly out past the moon, the six the six stars that form a perfect hexagon around the moon obviously represent mm-hmm. the infinity gems. I thought that, too, when I first thought, yeah, it had something to do with the stones. Hmm. So there's just lots. There's so much. Yep. Overall, though, we like where it's going so far, I, I think it's safe to say. I, oh, I'm oh, enjoying yeah. it. I do. And uh, we'll probably check back in with this show from time to time. Uh, We'll definitely do a season wrap up because, like, I think this is turning out to be much more important of a show to the rest of the MCU than we thought it was going to be. Yeah. So uh, if you like Marvel stuff and and just give it some patience. That's the other thing I'd say is, like, I think the payoff to this is going to be worth the wait. And if it's not your thing, cool. That doesn't yeah. mean that it's crappy. If you're waiting for like fights and things blowing up and things of that nature, that side of the MCU, you got Falcon and Winter Soldier coming up <laughs> shortly thereafter. And we have seen clips of yep. Wanda flying around and things getting thrown about and uh, military bases and all kinds of weird stuff. So it's coming. Yep. We, we know like of a, a half a dozen characters that are supposedly involved with this that we haven't seen yet. Like there's a good chance we're getting two versions of Quicksilver at some point. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that story that we reported on like yep. over a year ago that we still haven't seen any evidence of that one way or the other. I but read an article today that, that, that somehow worked the X-Men into what's going on with what's happening mm. with Wanda. It was very that, convoluted, and I didn't really buy it, but... I think that's pushing it a little bit. <laughs> I don't think we see X-Men proper, other than maybe the alternate universe version of Quicksilver from the Fox X-Men. I don't think we see X-Men until after Fantastic Four gets introduced. Oh, here you go. So imagine they have an episode of the sitcom where her family comes over or shows up to meet the, the twins and it's the Quicksilver and Magneto from the Fox uh, the latest Fox X-Men movies so uh, uh, what's his name or even Spender? better Michael Fassbender which makes it really look weird that that's, that that's supposed to be her father or to make it even better 
is they bring in uh, Sir um, Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen, yes, original <laughs> Magneto, in to be made to be her, you know, as just as Wanda's dad showing up, you know, to meet the kids. There is, I think it's the last issue of the five issue miniseries that Kevin mentioned of Wanda and Scarlet Witch, where that happens is when she has the kids, uh, Quicksilver and Magneto both show up to like sort of see them. So like it, I don't think it's likely, but it is a possibility. <laughs> like, especially with, with the multiverse aspect of it and the fact that it's in a sitcom, they could do that as she just creates like this dad and brother. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just a wink and nod to that Fox X-Men world and to us comic nerds at home. And then, yeah. and, and like that, the, the TV viewers will kind of get a little bit and then they just disappear when everything else does. Like they're not exactly. really they're not- that Going forward, they aren't Magneto or Quicksilver or anything, but it's just kind of a little wink and nod to the, to us. It's a fan service. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, WandaVision, watch it or yep. don't. But if you don't, don't yep. whine about it. <laughs> if it's not your thing, that's cool. Not everything is for everybody. It doesn't mean it's crap. Just wait six weeks and Falcon and Winter Soldier will start. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and then you can wait six weeks and you can binge the WandaVision if you like. That exactly. is also a good idea. All right. That brings us to the end of this episode. And with the end of this episode, we have Geek Fix. Who wants to go first? I do. I do. Oh, wow. Okay. I watched a really great movie on Amazon Prime a week or so ago. It stars Kristen Milioti. And Andy Samberg, it is called Palm Springs, and it oh, is on Amazon Prime. Oh, we've been meaning Prime. to watch it. I've heard about this movie. Yeah, it was. It, yeah, we gotta I watch it. I heard this movie a while ago because it aired in the states on Hulu in the summer, I think, and it finally got picked up uh, for distribution here, and it's on Amazon Prime, and it's a trippy mind bender of a comedy sci-fi uh, mind fuck. And I loved it. <laughs> I don't want to say too much about it, except that it is a Groundhog Day-like time loop movie, and it also has J.K. Simmons in it. So I love that's all I would. Oh, and it is set at a wedding reception. So time loop movie set at a wedding reception, nice. and that's all you need to know. Go. <laughs> all right. Who's next? I'll go. Um, so I hope I'm not stealing your your geek pick, Ryan or Brent. But we got our Plunderlings Kickstarter in. <laughs> so my geek pick is Plunderlings. They're these little goblins, I guess. Yeah. And there was a Kickstarter that Brent found, or that we saw on the Foosh. Anyway, and and you could uh, buy these little goblins and they come in different like costumes so like i got one that's a rogue so it has a hood and some swords and brent got like a little piratey one and ryan got a gold idol one and they had a ton of them and they are so cute and they're so cool and they have different heads and different hands and i put a bunch of pictures on our instagram account because they're adorable and i wanted to share them and uh the kickstarter is is it another kickstarter brent that they're doing for the big one 
they haven't said yet. They've yeah. just shown up. They're the doing. Designs. They're probably going to do. Yeah, they're going to do another big one and a and a and a medium sized one. But I really want another little one, and I kind of regret that we didn't buy more. But I mean, Blender we had no idea at the Blender time. Longs are what they are currently yeah. going with. Yeah, we had I no idea at the time how awesome Inst- they were going to turn out. I, I saw your Instagram photos of them, and I had no idea what they were. So, but they are very very cute. They're, yeah. they're spectacular so they're super fun. toys. Yeah. yeah, they're really nicely made. The boxes are even, like, you have to save the box because the box is a plunderling's mouth open, right? But then on the inside of the box are ears. So you can take the ears and stick them in the sides of the box so it looks like the plunderling's head. Which How did you do. discover these? Uh, there's so... a, a YouTube program that we watch called The Foosh. And okay. the host of that show was uh, reviewing them and was following the Kickstarter and uh, he was like showing off the molds and the models and things like that, and it looked really awesome. So we were like, he, we hemmed and hawed a bit, but they're a, they're a toy news website, and they're very good. He's got a really good sense of humor. Oh yeah, he's um, Robo, great. The main guy, Robo. Yeah, but I, he would fit. He would fit right in with us. Yeah, I think we would I think all so be very good. I have I have tweeted at him a couple times to see if he'll do the show, and never gotten a response. One of these days, I'm going to send a proper email, but. Um, yeah, so he found I guess the kick the company sent him like promo images for the Kickstarter and he was all in right off the bat. So when they he launched or when they launched the Kickstarter, he kind of became like one of their media partners. They sent him like images and prototypes and when it I'm like, "Oh, these look really good." And Jen really and liked them and Ryan so really cute. Liked- and it was a great way to save on shipping if we just ordered three of them in like one case kind right. of thing. Right. And there well, it's an independent the toy too, company. wasn't it? Um it was like three for this price. It was like one yeah, for this maybe. price, three for this, and then Yeah, and then they, they, that. we had to wait. Jen looked it up. It's been almost two years. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think we ordered now, them in twenty eighteen. Slowed down a huge part of that. Because yeah. they were being manufactured in a factory, so it, I believe China. in China. Yes. <laughs> in China, yep. And they, but you can, uh, yeah. If you have Instagram, you can go to at Plunderlings, uh, and there's a bunch of really cool pictures of all the different versions. You can look at our Instagram to see the ones that uh, Brent and Ryan and I got. Um, and I think there were pre-orders on Big Bad Toy Stores if you wanted to order them from the states, but I'm pretty sure they're all sold out. Because I looked, because I wanted to order another one. <laughs> it's one of those few Kickstarters that, well, I mine haven't been so bad, but it's one of those Kickstarters that, like, the product came in exactly as advertised. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. it took That's a little awesome. while, but once we got it, like, completely and utterly satisfied. And as far as Kickstarters go, I would definitely support them again. They've been really transparent about everything going on. Um, up until they got shipped because it was a case they were in Los Angeles and the Los Angeles shipping area was like that the port was closed uh. and then suddenly it was open and they're like okay so they should be shipping to you you should get a shipping number and that was kind of the last we heard and then I emailed them and like oh sorry here's your shipping number and they came literally the next day oh that's awesome <laughs> yeah so it's the between that and like the um, they did a couple of them in like a translucent plastic 
and translucent plastic can be iffy. And they they had found out something right off the bat. They told everybody who had ordered one, like like they had already been made and everything in shipping. They're like, oh, when you get these, if for the most part, put them in warm water to loosen up their joints a little bit, or you might snap arms off due to the plastic. Because oh. like like well, just because plastic and cold. Yeah, like I think it was more for it coming into colder climates than us because they, you know, they're sitting in the back of the truck. They're like, don't, right. don't take it out of the box and start playing with it. Warm it up a little bit, soften up the plastic a little bit in warm water, and they did that in like three of their updates just to make sure that well, people would know. Did yours when you opened the box? Mine had a little card in it that also said that it said you may want to use a. Uh, a blow dryer to loosen up the joints if you have any stiff joints. Oh, I didn't see it in in my box, but it might be there. I didn't I see one in the box. No. Yeah. The but yeah. Could okay. be to do with the gold paint on mine. Who knows? Oh, that's true. That's true. Maybe. The paint jobs. Oh. Well, that was the one thing I liked about their Kickstarter campaign was that the as they they unlocked tiers, the tiers unlocked new options. Like different mm-hmm. versions, and you, if you had already placed your order, you could go back and change the version you wanted to, to choose. Yeah, I regret not getting those uh, those little bodies that they had for the accessories. Oh yeah, that, that yeah, had no just, articulation or anything. Just the like the whole like put them on. I kind of regret not getting one of one or two of those. Yeah, but because it comes with three yeah. The problem was we didn't know how so. awesome they were going to be. Yeah. yeah. We had, yeah, we had no idea how awesome they were going to turn out. So we were just like, well, let's see what happens. Now I really want them to do another, were, like, uh, run. Yeah. I would like it. If, I would love to see Plunderlings at mass retail. Because mm. yes. then they'd also be cheaper because they weren't cheap. They weren't bad, though. There was still, wasn't it like 50 bucks each? Uh, probably with shipping and everything. I think it was less than that at the end. Yeah. I want to say the entire bill was like one twenty, one thirty, after exchange and shipping and everything. Yeah. So yeah, wow. Which isn't for an independent figure. That's actually not that bad. Yeah, it's a short run custom designer toy. So yeah, good. It's pick, more. Jen. We got dinged more on shipping than anything else. Yeah. That's that's yeah. anything you order from the U.S. right now. It's just right. unless it's Amazon Prime, it's. You get dinged really bad. Oh, I know. I I ordered two tick action figures, and the shipping was way more than the figures were. <laughs> like, not like it, it's ridiculous, but it is how it is right now, unfortunately. Yeah. Alrighty, good choice, Jen Ryan. What is Yay. your? What is my pick? My pick. I have been enjoying a science fiction series on Crave. Uh, it's a series that I didn't watch when it was on TV because um, I did, wasn't sure about it. But after a few seasons, I wanted to try. But then it was like, well, it's like on season five or four of five seasons. And so I didn't watch it. But now that I can stream it, I have been enjoying Killjoys. Oh. Uh, did any of you ever watch Killjoys? One. I saw lots no. of ads for Killjoys on space. On space, yeah. On space. 
Uh, but I've never, I've never even heard of it. Watched an episode of it. So here's the funny thing with me. I don't think I've seen an episode. I have met the entire cast. <laughs> Geekard, uh, that was to Geekard's credit. That was one of the things they kind of got on in on the ground floor with right off the bat was because Killjoys came out and there was another show that at the same time. Yes, I and I, uh, I want that's other. Is it the I Mighty Johnsons? No, like it was a it was another, another sci-fi science show on space. Show on, and it was on another one. It was the one it got canceled on sci-fi, but but Killjoys didn't. Oh, um, oh uh, it's bugging me. But it, it was the one where the crew wakes up and they don't have their memory. Mm. It was a good show. Oh, I enjoyed wasn't it. it. Like Dark Circle or oh, Dark, Dark Matter. Matter. Dark, Dark yeah. Matter. So the yeah. guys at Geekard got in good with both of those shows because they were on space and they they had a very good relationship with space. Well, still do I assume? You'd have to ask James or Andrew. <laughs> um, and I, I believe but, it was, I wouldn't be surprised. If it, was that one filmed in Toronto or was it filmed in Vancouver? Uh, might have been filmed in Toronto. Uh, all I know is when I was working with Geekard, they were always a stop on our interview tour at like Toronto comic con or yeah. fan expo and all like all the guys I met through it, all nice guys. Like, uh, one of the Ashmore's is in one of those shows. Yeah. He's, he's in Killjoys. Yeah. He's one of the, the in Yeah. Super nice dude. Like I, I was a little so surprised. So what's Killjoys about? Yeah. So it's, it's a science fiction. It's in a, uh, in a, a solar system, like a system of space where there's pretty much, Two factions. Well, there's three factions. There's the uh, there's the nine, which are like the nine controlling families. Uh, there's so that's the elites, the rich. Then there's like the workers. There's the, the, the everybody else. And then between the two, like it's, you know, the nine own the company. Everybody works for the company. The company runs everything. And then there's the killjoys. They work at the rack. Which is reclamation, something, something. They pretty much, uh, if you take, you can take out a bounty, or put a, a a bounty or a job against somebody or something, and you pay the kid them, and they will go out and do it. And they're like the established neutral party. They don't take a side. The the bounty is everything. So they're just they're doing a job. They don't care who you are, what you did. They're just, they were told to come and arrest you and bring you back to this place or come and pick this thing up and bring it back. And they're there to do their job. And for the most part, it's, you know, it's known or it's felt between both the the different factions that, okay, yep, they're independent, they're neutral. And so our main characters are killjoys. And so it's kind of, they're following their adventures. And then, of course, over the seasons, there becomes a, a larger story of what's going on in this bigger world of things that, you know, not just your, like, what's the bounty of the week stories. So it's pretty good. It's good sci-fi. It's, it's easily digestible, fun science fiction. Mm. Oh, okay. Cool. That sounds good. And it's uh, five seasons. I'm almost done season three now. It's only like oh, 10 geez. episode seasons. Well, it's 10 you've episode been... seasons. Oh, okay. Right. I was going to say, you've been weeks. burning through that pretty quick. Yeah, it's been my show to watch. Mm. It's not like there's a whole lot not of Not much else we can TV. do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not allowed to leave the house, so. 
Um, I'm actually also going with a, a toy. Uh, I got the three pack, but it's one figure in particular. I'm really happy about it. It's a Marvel legends three pack that has Phantom X, a, uh, version of Psylocke and Nimrod, the super sentinel from the future. I live in a time where Nimrod has an action figure and it's so cool. And I can I can vouch for your happiness and and how cool that figure is because I have that set too. And they gave him two heads, which was yes. nice. You can go with like the old school head from like eighties uh, Claremont era. Now is X-Men? that the silver faced head? The one that comes? No, it's the uh, the purple faced one. Oh, the purple faced one's the old one. Okay. Yeah. Have you tried swapping the heads yet? Yes, I have. I couldn't get mine. To pop off. Uh, I didn't have much of a problem. It was stiff, but like, it's it's pretty well supported, and the pegs big, so you don't really have to worry about it snapping. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so that's that's my pick right now. <laughs> I have them. I, I'm reorganizing my uh, Marvel Legends figures, and I'm making an X Men shelf, and he is on it. Nice, cool. All right, that's it for this episode. We shall return in two weeks with another episode. What will we be reviewing then? Uh, something. More WandaVision. Two, two more episodes of WandaVision. <laughs> Woohoo! Uh, until then... Uh, wait, wait! Where can we find you? you have to Where can we find I you? was getting to that. No, you weren't. Yes, you were I was. Off. I was going to say, until then... We have a whole whack of plugs because somebody of us has a new show. So there's another add to the plug section. We're truly turning into a network. We yeah. are. So uh, let's let let's let the uh, the new guy, <laughs> the, the new show go first. <clears throat> Ryan, why don't you tell our listeners about the new thing that you and uh, Ed Snowhawk Cosplay are working on? Uh, well, by now, you will have downloaded it probably by accident and hopefully listened to it. Uh, but yes, uh, so Ed <laughs> and I have been talking about this idea for a while. Uh, Brent and I went back and forth on it, too, about doing a a small podcast about about our hobby, about collecting. Whether it be toys, comics, hockey cards, stamps, uh, just collecting in general. And the different stories we end up with. And the things we see and do. And so that's where Tales from the Collectiverse uh, has come from. Uh, it'll be coming out uh, the third Friday, uh, sorry, the third Thursday of uh, each month. Usually probably aim for about an hour long episode uh, with uh, you know, Ed uh, Snowhawk Cosplay and myself uh, talking toys, talking comics. Uh, and we hope, you know, once we, uh, once the world opens up, uh, to bring in other people and talk about their hobbies, their just their their collections, and see uh, you know why they got into them, what they are, and I, I want to talk to someone that st- you know I'd like to find a good uh, someone that we know that collects stamps or something like that, like just something I would love to be able to convince my godfather to talk to us about his Coca Cola collection, Ooh, but I don't think he'll cool. want to do it. Ah. 
that, that's just my thought. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That would be a, a, maybe a long-term goal. But uh, so yeah, so that's you, know, you tales never know from the until you ask. Please give it a shot. Give us your feedback. Um, you can reach us through the, the the True North Nerd channels. I haven't made an Instagram yet. Um, but yeah, please give it a listen. Give us your feedback. It was a great first episode. There's my feedback. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, what else do you got going on? So I've got Galaxy Class, the Star Trek The Next Generation podcast on the United Federation of Podcast Network. I've got Stage Whispers, the uh, the show about live theater in central Ontario. We've got a new episode of that coming out next uh, this week. Or, yeah, this week, as you have heard this. It'll be out on Friday. And um, I have recorded an interview for the first episode of my new podcast, Kevin versus the '90s. I'm uh, I've got a, I've got a couple other components that I need to uh, complete that. So look for that soon too. And I'm going to release that through the True North Nerds Podcast Network as well. So uh, so lots going on uh, podcast wise for me because I can't leave the house. What else What else are we going to do? <laughs> Jen. Your turn. Well, as always, I hope you've been listening to Sailor Snacking, the podcast that I do with Tracy, where we talk about uh, episodes of the classic 1990 Sailor Moon show, and we have a yummy snack. Uh, The next episode that's coming out is actually Brent's episode, so that should be coming out uh, Monday, right? Yeah, January 25th. I forgot what day it was. And this is the one where I make him eat corn ice cream. Um, <laughs> which actually oh. was better than it sounds. No, Jen, it's not January 25th. And then, your episode comes out. No, you just had an episode no? last week. Yeah, no, this this episode oh, comes I? out on January 25th. Oh, sorry. I My my uh, time is probably off. I guess it comes out you February 1st. You and everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was just February 1st. We're going to need to make a calendar. We should. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, February 1st it comes out, and um, it's the one with Brent. <laughs> nice. So please keep listening to Sailor Snacking. And, uh, well, Brent, I'm here. What do you have going on? <laughs> I have this podcast, and this is my my home base right now. Uh-huh. Uh, but I also have my radio show, The Dark Side, which is still on eighty nine point one Max FM every Thursday, Ooh. nine PM Eastern Standard Time. Uh, COVID has not stopped me, <laughs> despite the fact I cannot go into the studio. I am recording from home, and surprisingly, it sounds okay. So. I was a little dubious when they said, oh, just record from home. And I'm like, okay, let's see if you can make it sound that good. And it, it sounds pretty solid. So for the uh, the best in goth and industrial, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And um, as uh, some of our followers might know, I am currently hunting for a day job, uh, looking for something, you know, copywriting or social media, something along those lines. If you got anything, please feel free to uh, send them over because... I be working, but until then, uh, you might be seeing some more extra content from me for on this and on, uh, the dark sides, uh, Facebook page, because, uh, I, I've got some ideas for that too. So cool. I'm trying to make as, as much use of the time of me, not doing a day job as possible in between, like, you know, hunting for a job. 
<laughs> I'm going instead to try and put out. Getting really good stuff. at Apex. Yeah, instead of getting really <laughs> good at Apex. <laughs> So that's it for this episode. We will return in two weeks with another episode because we are True North Nerds and we come out every two weeks. Until then, uh, stay safe, everybody. See ya. Bye. Bye. Set your phasers to Thank you for listening to the True North Nerds. You can find us at truenorthnerds.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at True North Nerds. To contact one or any of the nerds, you can email them at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. Theme music provided by Kirby Crackle. You can find more of their music at kirbycracklemusic.com. If you like this show, please go to your podcast app of choice and rate and review us. Set your phasers to sexy